What's up, y'all? This is your boy Jesus with another 9-11 special. After the introduction, I'm going to go ahead and play the five-minute trailer by James Corbett on 9-11. It's called 9-11, A Conspiracy Theory, if you want to look for it. It's been shadow banned everywhere, so you can still find the video and it might be on different people's channels. I will likewise do the same thing and upload it to my own channel. Uh, for those just listening, this is the audio version, but it will be nice to see the actual video because some of the stuff will make more sense. In one of the clips, he's talking about certain people that have been missing or have died in strange ways and he puts their pictures and in others he puts video news clips of bullshit official narrative stories by the government and so it probably will make more sense once you actually see the video uh without further ado here is the clip and i will be back after the five minute clip to give my own personal touches to the whole 9-11 deal enjoy September 11, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world, overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-Tech, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because nobody in our government at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes in the buildings. 
except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on Able Danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her. And her, and her, and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And They took the babies out of the incubators. And Mobile production facilities. And The rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater, and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength. 19 years since that tragic day. It's hard to believe, comprehend that it's been that long. And it's kind of weird. It feels like it was yesterday. I remember that day very well. I was going to college, community college, and I was going to one of my classes. And when I walked in the classroom, the teacher had CNN playing and it showed one of the towers smoking, you know, billowing black smoke. He said, you know what, we are canceling school for the rest of the day, everyone get to go home. Trade Tower's been hit, not sure if it's been terrorism or what is going on. And uh, yeah, we got to leave. I was pretty oblivious, I was a young kid at the time. I, you know, I was 19, I... Honestly speaking, I had no clue what the World Trade Center was or how important it was. And I just thought it was just kind of weird that a skyscraper had hit that building and that was it. It wasn't until later on in the day that I found out that both of the towers went down. And I was like, holy shit. And then when the you start seeing the ground zero... The destruction on the TV. 
the amount of people that were down there at the time, you're like, holy crap, this is going to be a huge death toll. A lot of people are going to die. And I somewhat became obsessed with all things 9-11. The loss of life affected me deeply. The stories of heroism that went on affected me positively. I mean, it was depressing to hear the, the loss of life, but the heroism that went on, the way we as a country came together, put all our bullshit differences aside. We're helping each other. It almost seemed like we had a, a new respect for each other. And it's kind of crazy to think, but such a tragedy could could bond everyone. And that's what happened the first few days afterwards. And sure enough, a few weeks, months later, back to business as usual. No one really giving a shit anymore. Nineteen years later, I mean, anytime September 11th comes in, it's a special date for me. And I'd look for coverage. Just seems like it's minim getting minimized every year after year. Last year I was looking for stuff and no one really gave a shit about it. There was really no coverage anymore. And that in itself is a tragedy. How in the hell can we move on from something that affected every one of us? The effects of it still going on. Ensuing actions that occurred, like the Patriot Act, among other things. 9-11 inspired me to become a firefighter. Watching firefighters going into those buildings. Knowing for damn sure that they might not make it out alive. struck me as heroic and brave and I've always been that alpha male type of personality where I see someone in trouble I see someone needing help my instincts are always to jump in I'm not trying to paint myself as I don't even know how to say it I'm not trying to do it in a braggadocious way this is just who I am. I've always been that way ever since I was a kid. So when I seen these firefighters, I immediately, I was like, fuck, man. I want to become a firefighter. I want to be a badass. So I went to the fire academy in 08. You know, all, all the stories that I had heard from the official narratives, obviously, of the movies that had come out on 9-11 inspired me and in no way I went to the fire academy went through the courses became a firefighter I was a firefighter I was a wildland firefighter up in the mountains one of the toughest jobs around it's hard to uh, explain how hard that job is 
physically demanding, mentally demanding. You're living out in the middle of nowhere, no reception. You're not showering for weeks on end. You're working 15, 16 hours a day, no days off in between. You have a couple of changes of clothes, but you're not showering, so you're just alternating socks every couple days, underwears every couple days, shirts every few days, sweating your balls off, working, hiking, all kinds of arduous shit you're carrying. Anywhere between 30 to 60 pounds of gear on you. And tough, tough work. But I I joined the fire service. I wanted to be a badass like the 9-11 heroes. That inspired me. So for about 15 years, I believed... The official narrative, everything that, you know, all the movies that I had seen. I knew a lot of the names, a lot of the stories. I believed it. And every now and then when I would hear someone make the off-the-cuff remark that 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's a natural thing that happens because of all the programming we get through the official government propagandas over the years and maybe that's a an effect of it but when i would hear people say stuff like 9-11 was an inside job da, 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 my brain was shut off I'm like this fucking crazy lunatic then in 2016 when i saw bernie sanders get shafted by the dnc for the first time it was so blatant so in your face that the DNC had screwed over Bernie and went with Hillary in much the same fashion now that's going on. Exactly the same shit with the corporate establishment Democrats choosing Biden over Bernie. But uh, that first time in 2016 is when I saw it with my own eyes. And then when the DNC... You know, when WikiLeaks came out and, and exposed the emails showing that this wasn't just some wackadoodle idea that I was making, some conspiracy I was making in my own head, it proved that the DNC screwed over Bernie, giving pre-debate questions over to Hillary to help her out, you know, help her performance out. It, watching the media just prop up Hillary as a candidate, ignoring Bernie. It was so fucking obvious. And then when it was confirmed, it made me start questioning a lot of things. Because up until this point, I believed the official government narratives hook, line, and sinker in a dogmatic kind of way, like religion. Anyone that questioned it, you were the crazy one. Because my government says it happened like this. That's the kind of person I was. But after watching that overtly abuse of power and seeing the DNC screw over 
the people's choice. That's when I just started to lose faith in politics. And then a couple things happened. The Pulse nightclub shooting happened. I started digging into that. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Then Las Vegas happened. And all these other things started happening. And I started looking into them with more of a magnifying glass. And if I seen something in the official stories that just didn't add up, I would want to dig into it further and ask questions in the spirit of skepticism. Started looking into 9-11. I didn't want to believe it, man. You know, the first question that came to mind, why would the government want to kill its own citizens? And without any context, that's a legit question to have. And it almost feels like that question alone just makes you want to believe the official story of the government. Why would the government want to hurt it, hurt its own citizens? But if you look at the historical context of these conspiracies that have gone on through the ages, it makes complete sense. And it doesn't come as a shock anymore that the government would go to these levels, these low, lowest of the lows levels in killing innocents for a higher gain, for a higher purpose. Fuck. One of those examples, Operation Northwoods. I'll make another podcast down the line on Operation Northwoods with more detail, more in-depth, so stay tuned for that. I don't want, I want to make this about 9-11, but in Operation Northwoods, you know, just the quick, quick... Cliff's Notes version was a plan, a ruse, if you will, that the CIA was proposing in order to justify invading Cuba and taking out Fidel Castro and possibly even stealing Cuba and in integrating it as a territory, as what has happened, you know, with how. The Southwest was taken from Mexico, stolen from Mexico, Puerto Rico. It's It's gone on through history. It just gets called, it was conquest, or it was war. It wasn't stolen, it was war. Call it what you will, man. It, it is what it is. You can fucking sugarcoat whatever you want, but it is what it is. So the CIA wanted to take Cuba and, you know, to not mince any words. They proposed Operation Northwoods, which was signed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And in, you know, in this proposal, they were going to arm Cuban friendlies, Cuban exiles. So these folks were, had exiled or, you know, had fled from Cuba were refugees here. They were going to be funded by the CIA and they were going to basically, to make it real brief, they were going to fucking cause chaos in Miami. Then the government, they and when I mean chaos, there was even talks about using a fucking 
huge drone, you know, sim simulating a Boeing uh, jetliner and crash it into a Miami hotel, just like September 11. <laughs> then we're going to have the Cuban friendlies um, just fucking cause riots, kill people in Miami. Then they could turn around and use propaganda and say that, well, look at Fidel Castro sending these Cubans over to, and they're attacking us, so we need to put our foot down, and now we have perfect cause, and we're going to go to Cuba and fucking invade Cuba. Doesn't that fucking sound eerily similar to what the fuck happened in 9-11, on 9-11? It's not hard to connect the dots. But that answers that question. Why would the government kill its own citizens? That's a perfect fucking example for this. They were willing to kill innocent people for the gain of taking over Cuba. And then justify it by saying that they were stamping out communism. JFK did not go along with it. And in my opinion, that is one of the reasons why he was taken out. That's not the only reason he was taken out. But for sure, that played a huge role because the CIA was pissed. They were incensed. They thought they had this whole plan conjured up, ready to fucking go. They needed JFK's signature, and he pretty much told them, fuck off. Short time later, he's assassinated. Doesn't take a rocket scientist. And then when you get to the whole 9-11 story, it's eerily, eerily familiar to that whole Operation Northwood still. One thing, now that I've have accepted that these conspiracies, I'm not saying they happen all the time, they happen quite a bit. And once you get into them, you start noticing patterns pop up all the time. Cameras not working. Uh, drills. War games going on during these things. <laughs> it's always the same fucking shit. And, it, and if you're someone like me that you can see it, you immediately call bullshit on it. You de Your bullshit detector goes up. But if you're new to the whole thing, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is kind of crazy, you know? And, and it, it's going to take several more examples for you to see the patterns, and then you'll start to, to realize the amount of bullshit, the elaborate propaganda that goes after it. To cover it all up. I now live in Venice, Florida. Venice, Florida? Why are you talking about Venice, Florida? Isn't that where all the white people live? All these senior citizens like myself? <laughs> Venice, Florida? This is supposed to be a 9-11. Conspiracy podcast, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> That's my old white guy voice. Uh, well, Mr. Jenkins, 
the reason I bring up Venice, Florida, and this is where I live, is because 9-11 was integral, or Venice, Florida was integral to the 9-11 story. An extremely very little known fact. Well, what happened in Venice, Florida? Let me give you a little background of Venice, Florida. In 2020, oh, fuck, I should have probably done a little research, but I want to say it's no more than 30,000 people living in Venice, Florida. That Even that 30,000 number seems a bit high. So if you can imagine, Venice, Florida in the year 2001 was even smaller than what it is today. And it is known as either one, number one, or number two city in the nation with the oldest demographic. The average age is in the 60s. Um, Venice, Florida is situated in Sarasota County in the southwest coast of Florida, about one hour south of Tampa and about an hour and a half northwest of Fort Myers just to give you a, a good idea and it's on the coast right on the right on the coast there uh, there's a running joke that says a lot of people go to retire to Sarasota because in Sarasota there's a place called the 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 capital is in the city of Sarasota. So the r joke is that a lot of folks come to retire to Sarasota. And a lot of the retired folks' parents move down to Venice, Florida. <laughs> That's just to give you a little, little idea of the demographics. It's mostly white folks. Very red. Trump-loving country out here, Confederate ra rags, flags, whatever the fuck you want to call them. They're flown with pride down here. If you've been following what I say, I fit nothing of that demographic. I stick out. Mexican-American, man. My family, we're all Mexican-Americans. We stick out. So... With that little bit of background, and why is it relevant? Why are you talking about race, goddammit? This is why, motherfucker. Sit down and listen. <laughs> yeah, Cletus. Sit down, buddy. Um, the reason I mentioned this, race, racial demographics and whatnot, is because the terrorists were Middle Eastern immigrants that lived out here in Venice, Florida. Huh. So naturally, one has to wonder, how the fuck did they live out here in Venice, Florida, undetected? They must have stuck out like a f sore fucking thumb. If my family sticks out here, I mean, come on now. This is a group of guys, Middle Eastern dudes, that don't speak English very well. We're living here. Um, as you can tell, I've been following the whole 9-11 thing. And 
it's a story that's very dear to my heart. So naturally, now that I, especially now that I live in Florida, I, I've been balls deep in, in investigating the different rabbit trails and rabbit holes, whatever. And I've been able to piece out a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a gentleman, journalist, freelance journalist named Daniel Hopsaker, who also lives out here in Venice, Florida. And he had that same question. He did a documentary uh, back in 2002, so one year after 9-11, where he follows the lives. Um, he interviews pretty much everyone he could get a hold of that came in contact with the hijackers that were living in Florida. And the hijackers that were living out here, uh, the main, it was actually the main one, Mohammed Atta. Google Mohammed Atta. He is the alleged ringleader, terrorist, creepy looking motherfucker, Egyptian. But, uh, yeah, Daniel Hofsker tried to, you know, he chased down ex-girlfriends, flight instructors. He even chased down the guy that rented his car. If you, I mean, if you think about it, that's a huge logistical operation to have some terrorist living remotely. And so you then have to question who was financing these guys as they lived out here and went about their day-to-day operations and whatnot. It's a perfectly legitimate question. Well, fret no more because our government knows the answer to that. And it's contained in the 28 pages report. after 9-11, the House and Senate convened joint hearings to produce this massive report titled The Joint Inquiry into Intelligence Community Activities Before and After the Terrorist Attacks of September 11, 2001. Facing stonewalling from the Bush administration and other issues, the joint inquiry was not exactly considered a rousing success. I think the failure of that committee to be able to do a thorough investigation was made the families and the country call for the creation of the 9-11 Commission. One of those failures in the 2002 joint inquiry report of 900 pages, 28 redacted pages, which stick out like a sore thumb. Potential sources of foreign support for the September 11th hijackers, classified by the Bush administration. September 11th. 9-11 family members still want to see those pages. If these uh, pages were to be released, okay, we could hold them accountable, the people that financed 9-11. Bill Doyle's son Joey was working in the World Trade Center that day and was among the nearly 3,000 killed. After years of frustration, Doyle and other 9-11 families had reason to hope. After U.S. Special Forces killed Osama bin Laden in 2011, President Obama came to Ground Zero and met with 9-11 families, including Doyle. He said, Bill, I promise you I'm going to release those 28 pages. And I said, you know something? 
I'm going to hold you to your word, and I said, I'm not going away. Both the Obama White House and President George W. Bush declined to comment for this story. What could be in those 28 pages? Former Senator Bob Graham was one of the co-chairs of the Joint Inquiry Report. He was upset when the Bush administration classified those 28 pages and when Congress went along with it. Because, according to this letter from the chairs of the Senate Intelligence Committee, they feared releasing the information, quote, could adversely affect ongoing counterterrorism efforts. One of the ways you fight terrorism uh, is by shining sunshine uh, on it uh, and letting the people know who was involved in the terrorist activities. This has been just the opposite. The report from the 9-11 Commission, published two years later in 2004, mentions this Saudi man, Omar al-Bayoumi, who was living in California and provided financial assistance to two of the hijackers. FBI counterterrorism documents obtained this year by Judicial Watch show in October 2001 the FBI believed al-Bayoumi was reportedly a Saudi intelligence agent. But al-Bayoumi denied any terror connections in an interview with al-Arabiya in 2003. The 9-11 families have many allies pushing for the release of the 28 pages, including former New Jersey Governor Tom Kane, a co-chair of the 9-11 Commission. There's really no excuse for why the American people can't see it, just as there's no excuse for a number of parts of our work in the 9-11 Commission is still highly classified. There's no reason they should be. Thank you. They also have the support of North Carolina Republican Congressman Walter Jones. After reading the report, there's nothing about national security. It's about relationships. It's about agencies within our own government and also relationships with foreign governments. The Obama White House not only refused to comment for this story, this group of 9-11 families says the White House has ignored the last three letters they've written the president on this subject. He broke his promise. That's probably the best way to say it. Today, the Saudi government gave CNN a statement in which the Saudi foreign minister said in response to the story, quote, we have nothing to hide and we do not seek, nor do we need to be shielded. We believe that releasing the missing 28 pages will allow us to respond to any allegations in a clear and credible manner and remove any doubts about the kingdom's true role in the war against terrorism and its commitment to fight it. That letter was originally released 11 years ago. Why the 28 pages remain hidden from the public remains a mystery. So what the hell is in these 28 pages that the government, the Bush administration, the Obama administration refused to release all these years later? Well, for one thing, I mean, there's a shit ton of redactions. Some of the pages have been released, but they are heavily, heavily redacted. From the unredacted parts of these 28 pages, we are able to know uh, who was funding these terrorists. They didn't cover it on this CNN piece. Holy shit, that was a CNN piece? Yes. It's amazing that they'll cover a little bit of truth every now and then. And then they'll mix in a bunch of bullshit. But yeah, that's that was actually a great piece by CNN. Uh, the, in the 28 pages, it really hit close to home because I live out here in Venice, Florida, that there was a Saudi royal family that had been living here in Sarasota County. 
so to try to give you give you a mental picture mental mental idea Mohammed Atta and friends lived out here in Venice um, in Sarasota County and their home no shit was about is about seven minutes you know where they used to live it's about seven minutes from where I currently live doing the line of work I do now I drive by that house every now and then and every time I see it it sends chills down my spine I'm like holy shit man this is where a lot of it was masterminded um, the house still looks the same as it did in 2001 still an ugly ass pink house and <laughs> I don't know. This may be sound morbid, but I've thought about buying that damn house for historical reasons. I mean, look at what Christians do. You got not all Christians, but you got some Christians that fall for the scam that they'll purchase a, a wood splinter and it'll have a little sign that says this is a splinter of wood from Jesus' cross. And people buy that shit. So, imagine if someone bought the house, <laughs> bought the house and made like some fucking morbid ass 9/11 memorial. It's fucked up, I know. And it's a dark story, so I gotta throw in some jokes if I can. But think about that. Be pretty fucked up, but wonder if it would make be a cash cow somehow. But anyways, I drive by that goddamn house a lot. And it's creepy. You get the creepy, the heebie-jeebies, if you will. Um, but the Royal Saudi family lived out here in Sarasota County. In Prestanzia. A multi-millionaire subdivision, gated community doing the line of work I've been inside that community driven by that house and it is fucking nuts man you just get the sick feeling to the gut that nefarious activities were going on going on down here and according to the 28 page report that family was that was living in that particular house in Pristanzia in Sarasota County, they were funding Muhammad Atan crew, you know, funding their stay, and they picked up their shit and left about one month before 9/11. And according to the report, you, um, you know, the agents that went to the house to, you know, to do their investigations and whatnot. It, they reported that it looked like they just picked up their shit one day and just left. You know, basically, what they had a big house. They had lavish cars. You know, it was a lavish neighborhood, man. Luxury. Million dollar homes in that area. And according to the agent, it looks like they just put a couple clothes in a, some bags and flew back to Saudi Arabia. And the names of the, the 
the royal Saudis that were living there are redacted. <laughs> These guys are clearly aiding and abetting terrorists. And their names are redacted. Doesn't that shit, if you're skeptical, doesn't that shit make you scratch your fucking head? Who the hell's protecting these fucks? Why do their names have to be redacted? So is that the only connection, you know, Sarasota County has to 9-11? No, it doesn't stop there. Now this is, I admit, could be more of a leap, but it's pretty fucking crazy. Where the fuck was George Bush the morning of 9-11? Talks t clock is ticking. Ding, 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 ding. Sarasota County. He was over in the Newtown area of Sarasota County. Anyone familiar with Sarasota County? And they hear Newtown, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's one of, Sarasota County, by and large, there's a lot of money out here, a lot of wealth. But Newtown is a rough, is a rougher neighborhood, lower income folk and whatnot. But George Bush, the morning of 9-11, was in Newtown at an elementary school reading My Pet Goat to some kids in Newtown when he was notified of the attacks going down. Now, is that a strange coincidence? I mean, when you talk to people about Florida, you know, Sarasota, Florida, at least I know it's anecdotal and I don't, I don't like anecdotal shit, but at least from my point of experience, very few people know where the fuck Sarasota is in Florida. It's not a very well-known place. And to have the hijackers living here, have the royal Saudis that were funding them living out here, and to have George Bush Jr. here the morning of, it's fucking head-scratcher. This is what I mean when... I'm talking about 9-11 and you could just follow rabbit holes up the wazoo. There's just so much bullshit that doesn't make sense. You know, when George Bush declared the war on terrorism, quote-unquote, and he named the countries in the axis of, quote-unquote, evil, named Iraq, named Afghanistan, Iran. Where was Saudi Arabia? Isn't that a head scratcher? If you believe these official narratives, doesn't that make you at least think, huh, what the fuck? Because of the 28 pages, we have evidence that royal Saudis were involved in 9-11, partaking, aiding and abetting these fucking terrorists. And we hold the Saudis as our dearest friends. The 
Bushes have always been close with the Saudis. Obama was close with the Saudis. Trump, you know, the guy that is fighting the deep state, he's not like one of them. He's different from Obama and Bush. <laughs> this motherfucker's dealing with the Saudis. Early on in this presidency, he made a $100 million arms deal with the Saudis. A $100 million deal with the Saudis for arms so that they can continue their fucking genocides in the Middle East so they could be the dominant power in the Middle fucking East. And, we're f- and fucking Trump signs a $100 million deal. Oh no, he's different. He's against the deep... St- Get the fuck out of here. There was also the Jamal... Khashoggi murder by the Saudi government. He was a journalist that was critical of the Saudi regime. And he was butchered, dismembered. He, even the murders were caught on uh, closed circuit television cameras. And even the fake news, for the most most part, the mainstream news, all said the Saudi government was responsible for Jamal Khashoggi's murder, butchering. But guess who had their back? Donald Trump. Donald Trump said he believed the Saudis' version of events, and he believed the Saudi government to be innocent. Strike number two. Strike number three. There was a shooting in Pensacola, Florida, a few months ago in a military base by a Saudi national. Huge uproar coming along. What the fuck is going on? Is Saudi going to claim responsibility and all this shit? Come on, Trump. Get Get on the Saudis over this shit. Trump is quiet. Three examples. So I've already made podcasts on Trump's involvement with Epstein. Covered that in detail. And I just gave you three examples of Trump kissing Saudi Arabian ass. When he should have put his fucking foot down. And so if there's any any questions left that this is just business as usual, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you, man. If you're still on that Trump train after I've thoroughly debunked the Epstein shit, I've just given you Saudi Arabian shit. More reasons. These are the all these reasons is why I despise a fucker. And I have said it before. This doesn't mean I'm endorsing Biden. Fuck them all. I'll say it again. Politicians are selected, not elected. They're all fucking puppets. If you don't do what you were told, you'll get taken out like JFK was. So you better go along and be a puppet. Who knows? Maybe Trump didn't want to kiss Saudi ass but he was told to and he fucking did it 
If you're a fucking puppet, what good of a use are you? You're only good at following orders, you fucking piece of shit. So fuck all them puppet-ass politicians, man. The Saudis are dirty as fuck. Their fingerprints all over 9-11 are clear as fucking day. Same thing with Mossad and Israel. The CIA. It's ugly. It's dirty. And as I've said, this whole 9-11 is just a massive, massive case. You can look at, the, as I showed in another podcast, podcast number 12, um, you can go about it on the angle of the 9-11 whistleblowers, people that work for the government, saying that the official story is nonsense. You can follow the money and look at the insider trading going on before, during, and after 9-11. You can look at the hijackers, which is where I've liked to do, especially the ones out here living in Florida. Look at Daniel Hopsker's freelance journalism into the hijackers living out here in Venice, Florida. The documentary is called Venice and the Flying Circus by Daniel Hopsicker. Check it out. One, the girlfriend, you know, in the mainstream media, we were told Muhammad Atta was a amateur pilot. All these fuckers are amateur pilots performing extreme acrobatic feats on the day of 9-11. But prior to that, they were amateur pilots. But if you watch the documentary by Daniel Hopsker and he interviews Muhammad Atta's ex-girlfriend, who was a fucking stripper from some trailer park community out here, um, she straight up says Muhammad Atta was no amateur. This dude was a professional. Involved in dealing, trafficking cocaine from Columbia to Florida. The CIA knew about them and didn't arrest them so even if you want to be naive and think that the government was not actively involved in 9-11 and maybe dropped the ball come on now they had all these terrorists in their sights it's just you can go about it every fucking angle there's a lot of bullshit. And we didn't get the truth. That's the bottom line. I mean, we all have our different views or different theories. Some may be a little bit more factual and correct than others. I'm not the direct energy weapons type of believer at all. Again, I go where the evidence takes me. But we can we can keep digging this, digging through many angles, and you'll see the glaring holes of the official story narrative from the same motherfuckers that brought to you the Warren report 
Henry Kissinger was involved in this motherfucker. Who's Henry Henry Kissinger? Google him. Look him up. A nefarious actor in the world of conspiracies. Giant piece of fucking shit. A lot of bad actors. Here we are 19 years later. Still more questions than answers. The government still acting like no big deal. It was just some cave dwelling dudes with box cutters pulling off the impossible. All the stars aligning on that day to bring down the number one power in the world. That's we're supposed to believe that shit. Just like we're supposed to believe the magic bullet theory. Or that Harvey Lee Oswald was the lone gunman. Or that Operation Paperclip. An operation that involved bringing over Nazi scientists. To start NASA and work on the space program. These fucking war criminals. Was perfectly legit. Iran-Contra program under President Reagan you know he's looked at in some right wing uh, circles as a rock you know a conservative god a hero for conservative voices then I bring up uh, Iran Contra and I just hear fucking crickets crickets more fucking crickets Iran Contra fucking Operation that was there to, in the name to quote unquote stamp out communism in Latin America so it wouldn't reach American shores. And it involved lots of fucking drug trafficking. How many people have died on these wars on fucking drugs? So much nefarious bullshit with with Big Daddy government. And if you still believe, you still buy into the official narratives bullshit. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. Good luck. (laughs) I'll do another one. Another 9-11 related podcast. Just thought I'd give you... Little brief stuff. Maybe give you a little more insight as to why I'm so passionate about the matter and how close to home it hits, being that I live down here in Venice, Florida, and its entire relationship to the whole 9 11 story. All right, y'all, on to the next one. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on the YouTube channel, uh, please follow the podcast, share it with the homies and the homieettes, the good old boys, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.